In this episode of The Untidy Methodist, it's all music to God's ears. Let's dig in. Today's passage comes from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. This psalm gets quoted quite a bit around churches. Unfortunately, it's usually as a commentary on the quality of the music being heard at the time. While other translations of this psalm refer more to a joyful shout than to actual music, it's still one of the best-known passages in the Bible that we use when referring to song. One of the great contributions of the Methodist movement over the decades and now centuries is music. Just about every Protestant denomination includes at least a few songs by Methodist composers. It goes all the way back to John Wesley's brother Charles, who wrote such well-known hymns as Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Love Divine, and, well, believe it or not, the music that introduces every episode of The Untidy Methodist. That guitar riff you hear is a takeoff on Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. And it wasn't just Charles Wesley. Years later, Fanny Crosby, at the age of 15, attended her first Methodist Episcopal Church service, as it was known at the time. She was delighted with her hymns, and she went on to write some 8,000 songs in her lifetime, many under pseudonyms, as some hymnal publishers didn't want to have too many songs by one composer in their books. She wrote well-known hymns like Blessed Assurance and Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. The inspiration she received at her first Methodist Episcopal Church service has turned into songs that inspire many churchgoers today. The styles of popular music over the years have also had their influence. I grew up heavily influenced by country music. And while a lot of songs back in the day centered more on trucks and trains and bars, there were a number of songs with a distinct Christian influence. In the 1950s, Hank Williams recorded I Saw the Light. In the 1960s, Furlan Husky sang Wings of a Dove. The 1970s saw Chris Christopherson's Why Me, Lord, and, and it goes on and on even to today. There has been a lot of influence back and forth between country music and southern gospel music, with groups like the Oak Ridge Boys becoming well-known in both genres. In more recent years, we've seen the rise of contemporary Christian music. It's the backbone of contemporary services across the land today. It's gone from what was called Jesus music in the late 60s and early 70s into a whole music industry of its own with radio stations and streaming channels dedicated to this mix of pop and Christianity. And all of this brings me to my point today. There are a few constants that have persisted throughout all these years and all these styles. The most important is that they are all composed and sung to praise God. Each genre of Christian music has also been composed to reach a group that may not have been drawn in by other, earlier Christian music. Each has been successful in its own way, bringing more people in to hear the gospel story. And unfortunately, each new style of Christian music has had its detractors, claiming that this new style, whatever it may be, isn't Christian enough. Let me give you an example. My, my dad was a United Methodist pastor, 
And he was also a very good musician. And it wasn't unusual for him to find an excuse to bring his jumbo Gibson guitar into a service. I still use that same guitar today when playing in a church as sort of a nod to him. Surprisingly, not everyone liked country gospel being brought into a traditional service. Just like some folks today knock contemporary Christian music as not being appropriate for worship. He still sang anyway, and I'm still proud that he did. But the real point here is it's all music to God's ears. It's all a joyful noise to God in the best sense of the phrase. Any music that brings people closer to God is a good thing. Yes, sometimes it's performed, uh, shall we say, with more enthusiasm than technical musicianship. At times, joyful noise may describe the music more directly and possibly bluntly than we would normally say if we were polite. But again, it's all wonderful because it's all an expression of praise and love for our Lord. If you don't think you sing well enough, sing anyway. If you don't sing loudly at church, then sing loudly in the shower. If you want at any time to make a joyful noise, just know that whatever song you sing, whatever style you sing, God hears you, and I truly believe that God is well pleased. Will you pray with me? Creator God, we thank you for the gift of music. We thank you for the many people who have composed beautiful songs of praise that bring us closer to you. Help us as we use the talents you gave us as we make our own joyful noise in praise and gratitude to you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Untidy Methodist. You can find us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend. Your comments, your suggestions, and most of all your prayers are most appreciated.